Welcome to Compared to Who, the podcast to help you stop comparing and start living. I'm your host, Heather Creekmore. I hate to admit this, but I used to secretly obsess over my appearance. I thought it was part of my job as a woman to always look better, but never felt like I could be good enough. Maybe you can relate. But God, in His grace, He showed me a way out, and I want to give you all the tools you need to break free, too. If you've ever spent too much time stressing over your looks, I get it. I hope you'll keep listening and find the same freedom I have. Here are three other things you need to know about me. I'm a minivan driving mom of four elementary age kids. I'm author of the book Compared to Who and a blogger at ComparedToWho.me. And you just may have seen my epic bake fail on Netflix. If you've ever struggled with comparison or body image issues, Compared to Who is the show for you. I hope you enjoy today's episode and tell a friend about it. Hey there, welcome to the Compared Who podcast. My goal for today is to help you stop comparing and start living. I don't know about you, I keep singing that song, It's the End of the World as We Know It, in my head, maybe for the last couple of days. Probably not the best anthem to be chanting through my brain. I probably need to replace that with a worship song at some point really soon. But you guys, we are in crazy times, crazy, crazy times. So I live outside of Austin, Texas, and today is our first official day of shelter in place. As I walked around our neighborhood yesterday, I saw our neighborhood park was completely blocked off. I'm talking like three rows of caution tape around the playground. Every bench is caution taped so you can't sit on it. Even the water fountain is caution taped so you can't get a drink from it. They want no one on the public parks. And it's just a different world than even two weeks ago. It's very strange. I thought I would just come to you today and just give you a couple thoughts. One thought is going to be about homeschooling because I know a lot of you are not homeschoolers. And so I thought maybe as someone who's been homeschooling for seven years, I could offer you a little bit of help in that arena. But also just some encouragement and advice if you are recovering from an eating disorder. This might be a really hard time for you. There's there's just a lot of things going on. And so I just wanted to hop on quick and encourage you, I hope, today with some truth. So first of all, we're one to start. So I've been seeing all these memes about how the different Enneagram types handle this pandemic. And I'm a seven. And I really think that they've miscategorized the seven in these memes because the seven is the one that's supposed to be planning the cruise right now because we're all about fun and this might be a good opportunity for fun. And I will say that that has been my perspective. I've been able to see the silver lining pretty clearly most days because I'm like, yay, we're home all together as a family. We can do family things. Isn't this wonderful? I've been saying for years that I just wanted a break to get things done. If everything could just stop, I'd get my break and get things done. And so so some of this I am able to be super optimistic and positive about. But there's another part of the seven personality that I think these Enneagram um, charts are missing, and that is the need for security. So just personally, the other real part of my struggle now is I am afraid of germs, okay? Now, I have had some bouts with serious germophobia, especially after my kids were born. I was like the crazy hand sanitizing lady. I just, the thought of germs just drove me nuts. And so like, I wouldn't even set my child on the grass (laughs) because I was afraid there were germs there. And, you know, the shopping cart covers, the high chair covers at restaurants. 
months. I mean, we had all the covers. I was not going to let any germs get to my child. And so I've loosened up a little bit, but this coronavirus thing is bringing me back to some of that. And it makes me afraid. I am afraid of germs. And so that's something that I have to take to God every morning and ask him to help me with my fear in that area. But I don't know where you're at today. And I wish we could talk. And I wish you could tell me how you're doing on the fear and anxiety metric. Are you feeling fearful? Are you feeling anxious? Are you nervous? Are you scared? And my encouragement to you, friend, is if you are, don't wait to get help. Call a friend. Call your pastor or someone on pastoral staff who can counsel you. Talk to someone because you don't want to sit in fear and anxiety by yourself. You need someone who is able to speak God's truth to you, to encourage you, and someone to help you stay accountable in those thoughts, right? You need someone who can help encourage and bring you out of that pit before it spirals into a deeper pit, okay? So get help if that's you. And then the other thing I just wanna remind you of is it's really hard to trust God unless you're in his word every day. It's really hard to trust God unless you're in a relationship with him daily. I mean, think about it. (laughs) Could you trust your husband if you're married? Would you be able to trust him if you didn't talk to him every day? Or if you didn't know much about him, I mean, you can't. You can't trust someone you don't know. So to the extent that you're having challenges trusting God in this season, I would just encourage you to get to know him better. Spend more time. You have the time now, maybe, reading his word, digging in, maybe listening to sermons. I recommend Tim Keller sermons. I'd recommend my own pastor's sermons from Hill Country Bible Church, Austin. Dig into the truth. Dig into the word and get some positive news into your head to combat all of the negative news you're seeing on the different news channels. But friend, whatever you do, don't struggle alone. Okay. Now, I also want to just kind of bring up, you may feel like you're struggling more than other people. And I was thinking about it this week because I've seen some friends who are struggling on Facebook and talking about how they've been grieving. And I just wanted to kind of point something out that we all grieve differently. So I I don't know if this is my Enneagram 7, and I know not everyone's into the Enneagram and there's some questionable roots there. So if that's you, I'm I'm sorry, I'm I'm not meaning to offend by, by referencing the Enneagram. But I think that there's some powerful truth that comes from understanding the different ways that we're wired and the different personalities we have. And so for me, I grieve later. So I can't sit in this hard that we're in right now and be upset about it. I sit in the hard and my adrenaline pumps through my body and I want to power through to get to the end. And then when it's all over, I'll grieve. So if you feel like you're grieving maybe more than others around you or that this is affecting you maybe more than it's affecting other people around you, I just want you to understand that that it's not you. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not weaker than other people. This is hard on everyone and we're just all going to process this in a different way. So even your friends that may seem to be weathering the storm with ease, they may just be like me and they may grieve later. image been bogging you down for too long, it's time to get free. My friend, go to comparejahoo.me, take your free body image awareness quiz. You will learn amazing things. You'll get your results right away. And I think you'll have fun too, because I mean, who doesn't love to take quizzes? Go to comparejahoo.me. There's lots of great resources on that site. 
articles about body image and comparison and how you can find freedom through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Check it out today, right after this episode, of course. The second topic I wanted to talk about today was homeschooling. Now, the first thing I want to point out, just because I'm a little defensive on the topic of homeschooling, is that homeschooling is not the same as isolation schooling. So if you have been forced to homeschool right now, I just want you to know straight off the top that that is not the same as homeschooling year round, right? Because one of the best things about homeschooling is our freedom to go and do things. And we certainly do not have that right now. We have no freedom to go anywhere. And so even my kids that are used to doing school at home every day are having a hard time with not being able to leave the house. I have been homeschooling for seven years. I was never going to homeschool. Well, that's not true. I took a class in graduate school. It was a class where we had to read the National Education Association's um, policy. I was at public policy focused in, in graduate school, and we read the NEA bylaws and, and the, the policy of, of this country's education system, and I decided I was going to homeschool. I would not want my kids in that school system. And then I had a child, and I could not get him to write a single letter of the alphabet, let alone his name. And so he went off to preschool and learned all that stuff. And I thought, I will never homeschool. That's just not going to happen. That is not something I should be doing. I am not equipped for that. And then when he got to about first grade, we started having some issues. He was doing great in school academically. He was performing just fine. His teacher had no other issues with him. He just started showing signs of anxiety. And we didn't know what that looked like. We thought maybe he was having a dairy allergy issue, honestly, and that's why his stomach hurt. And so there were a lot of different things involved with our decision to homeschool. But I will tell you that I went into it with a lot of fear and trembling. I was very nervous about becoming a homeschool mom. And then even once we made the decision, believing that it was the best thing to do for our family, it took our kids a couple of months to adjust to homeschooling. So friend, if you are trying to adjust to isolation homeschooling in the course of a couple weeks or a couple days, I want you to know that <laughs> real homeschooling is hard, yes, but it's not as hard as what you're what you're trying to do right now. And there is an adjustment period and you might not get that adjustment period because prayerfully, maybe this will all be over in the next month or two. And that's what kind of a normal adjustment period to go from public school to homeschooling would be. So you may not get that adjustment period. And so it is going to be harder than it is for, for people who do consciously make the choice to go from traditional school to homeschool. So here are my best tips. If that's you, if you're struggling, or maybe it's going okay now, but you're a little afraid of... <laughs> how things are going to continue if we continue with quarantine for the next weeks or months. Um, and so here's some tips I wanted to just lay out for you. My first tip, of course, is to start your day with prayer. If this is not something you're used to doing, then as a homeschool parent, you need to do this now more than ever, okay? And what I've noticed is if I start my day with prayer, I have a lot more patience. I am a lot calmer in dealing with children who maybe don't want to do their work as they're supposed to. It does help the course of the day. It sets the tone for the day in my heart and in my home. So start your day with prayer. Don't skip that. My second point for you would be to just 
chill out. And I mean that in the nicest way, right? Because I know this is stressful, but you cannot replicate public school in your home. Now, maybe your kids are on computers. Maybe they're doing public school along with their teacher all day long. I'm not sure of exactly what your situation is. But aside from that, if, if that's not your, your way of doing school now, if your kid doesn't have to be on the computer with teachers all day, don't even try. <laughs> there is no sense in trying to replicate what happens at public school at your home school. You get to determine what times work best for you. Now, there's all kinds of things circulating, all these schedules, block schedules, all this stuff. Like, friends, when I see those things posted, I get a little bit of anxiety. Like, I start kind of dry heaving. Like, <gasps> I can't imagine trying to follow that schedule. Okay, so here's my best advice to you. Schedules are good. Routine is good. Love all of that. But you might not be able to use someone else's schedule. You need to figure out what works for you because what works for you may not work for others. Now, I hear lots of working moms and I consider myself sort of a working mom. I try to work about 25 hours a week in addition to homeschooling and I work from home doing my writing and I also do some writing consulting, marketing consulting for some companies. So I do have legitimate blocks of time where I need to get work done. And so what I hear some moms saying is I wake up early and do my work and then we do schooling. Well, friend, I can't wake up early and do my work. It just does not work for me. But what works in our house is we do school from around 8, 8.30, depending. I've got a child that sometimes wakes up a little earlier and will start his work at 7.30. It's generally 8, 8.30 till about 11. Uh, for my younger kids. Those are my elementary age kids. And then for my older kids, they're working through the morning and then they're working into the afternoon too. But afternoon is normally set aside as my work time. I start my work at noon and I usually try to work until 4 or 4.30 in the afternoon. So I get four to four and a half hours of work in every day during the week. And, um, and, my kids know that this is the time that mom's working. And so what I ask them to do is to schedule time with me, just like if we work together. So if they need my help for something that they're not going to be doing until the afternoon, if they're not doing it during that morning time that I've set aside to do school with them, then they know they have to say, hey, mom, at, at two o'clock, could you help me, you know, do this science thing? And I will say, sure. And we'll put it on the schedule. But you need to figure out what works in your home. Maybe your kids love to sleep in and maybe you're feeling guilty like everyone else is saying you need to get them up early and get them working. Friend, I don't think that's true. If your kids love to sleep in, they might need the sleep. Let them sleep and let them get started working at noon. And if you've got work to do, you get your work done in the morning before they wake up, (laughs) before they get stuff done. You figure out what works for you. Other thing is, if you're trying to juggle multiple children, some people are able to school all their kids at once. Mine are very close in age, so it's not really that hard for me to do. But if your kids are like sixth grade and and first grade or or widespread out, you you may have to do it in shifts and you just need to figure out what works for you. Maybe your preteen or teenager might work best between seven and nine o'clock at night and it's okay to do school then. There is no reason why you can't unless you are accountable to be online with a teacher at a certain time. Do school whenever it works for you. My other suggestion would be to see every activity during your day as a learning activity and I think that this takes some work or at least I remember it taking some work for me when we first started to homeschool because I kind of viewed school things as school things like worksheets, homework, reading, math, you know, those were school things. And I viewed everything else as non-school things. But as I have gotten more accustomed to homeschooling, I'm starting to see every activity as a learning activity. I mean, friends, your child does need to know math when they get older, but they also need to know how to load the dishwasher, <laughs> how to how to run a load of laundry, maybe how to mow the lawn. So what a, a unique opportunity this is, a friend, to help your child learn things 
things outside of the classroom. I mean, maybe it's time for your preteen son to learn how to do some yard work. Maybe it's time for your daughter to learn how to bake. Maybe this is your chance to stop everything and teach your children how to do the laundry, or if they're really little, maybe how to fold or sort the laundry. These are all life skills. And I think school and extracurricular activities, all those things keep us from having the time to actually teach our children those life skills kind of things. Hey, hashtag quarantine time. This could be your chance to teach your children how to do some things that are useful. My next suggestion for you, and this is a tough one if you have kids with screens, this is going to be your battle. I'm just telling you right now, friend, if it's not already, I know it will be screen time. So here's what I found. If we allow video games during the school day, during the school week, we have a very difficult time getting anything done. And it's not just not just about like them wanting to do video games instead of the schoolwork. It really does fundamentally change, I think, their attitudes. And probably, I'm not a scientist, but it feels like it changes something in their brains that almost competes with their ability to learn. And so what I have found is best is to not allow free video game time during the school week. Now, the way we do it is Monday through Thursday, there's no video games allowed. Now, there is there are some exceptions to that. Like we've been on spring break and we've been a little lax with our school because mom's watching the news all the time <laughs> to figure out whether or not the coronavirus is going to get us. Um, and so in that, there's um, been a little bit more flexibility, but it's not during the day. I'll let them play for like an hour in the evening after dinner, but not during the day. I'm keeping that time sacred and set aside for our learning. And then on Fridays, after they're done with their work, my children try to get their work done by noon on Friday, and then they can play Friday afternoon, they can play Saturday afternoon, and they can play some on Sunday afternoon. And we do put limits on the time that they're allowed to play those days. But I found for our family that works best. When screen time is unlimited or is the objective for getting schoolwork done every day, I just, they can't stay in a learning frame of mind. And I think it makes everything a lot more complicated. It makes their attitudes worse. It makes them tired. It makes them less agreeable. It's, it's just so much better to limit that video game time if you can, my friend. My next suggestion would be to take this time to learn with your children and to learn about them. So I am a whole lot smarter <laughs> since I've become a homeschool mom. I mean, I had a master's degree in public policy, but I know so much more about history and science and all the things than I believe I knew when I was in my 20s and even early 30s, right? You can learn with your children. And so there's a lot of great resources out there from Khan Academy to Netflix and Amazon Prime documentaries. Learn with your kids. Take a half hour, take an hour, sit with them and watch something interesting and talk about it. The other thing you can learn, which I think is really fun, is you can learn about your children. You can learn how they learn. I mean, if you're not seeing your kids in school every day, you may not have any idea whether or not they're auditory learners or tactile learners. Like you have this unique opportunity to kind of Get a little bit of insight into how your kid does school. So don't miss that opportunity. Take this chance and figure out what makes them tick and how they learn best. And my last suggestion on the homeschooling front would be to just have fun. Friend, I am praying that this is a unique once-in-a-lifetime opportunity we have here with this quarantine. So to whatever extent you can, 
Make the most of it with your children. They will not get too far behind not being in school. They will still get jobs someday. They will still go to college someday. I mean, this is not going to ruin them for life. They're not going to be behind. And I would say as a homeschool mom, like that is the number one fear that homeschool moms have. Are my children behind? Are my children behind? And let me tell you what I've learned is that anytime you're behind, you can always catch up pretty quickly, right? And kids are amazing in their resilience to to learn things and, and to adapt and just friend, just enjoy it to whatever degree you can enjoy it. Take the pressure off. And one way that I like to take the pressure off is I have to sense whether or not this is going to be a productive day or an unproductive day. I think in some ways kids are a lot like adults, right? We don't have every day as equally productive, especially women, right? We kind of go through cycles where it's like some days I can get a lot done and then some days I am just dragging and it is just hard to get through one task on my list. Well, friends, I've noticed that my kids are the same way. And so when we have those hard days, I like to just empower my my freedom as mom teacher and say you know what this is all we're going to do for today we're just if you just do this one thing and then you can have the rest of the day off and then when they're having a good day when they're having a productive day that's when you power through some extra okay hey we're doing great today let's go ahead and get through three more math lessons and it all balances out in the end but have some fun and some freedom and some flexibility if if you have it i i understand if you're doing school along with a teacher on the computer every day you might not have that. But if you do have the freedom and flexibility, take it. This is your chance and your kids will enjoy it. So that's all on the topic of homeschool. Let's talk about control issues right after the break. Hey there, how much is freedom worth to you? That's kind of an odd question, right? When I was in the midst of my struggle with disordered eating and body image, I would have paid anything I had to be free. Truth is, I spent a lot of my budget on things I thought could help me be free, like new diets, exercise gizmos, clothing, but none of those things really helped. I'm so grateful that God showed me the way out. And now I'm passionate about helping others find their way out too. I want them to know that Jesus already paid it all. They don't have to spend another cent to find the freedom they really desire. But truth is, it does cost me something to get this message out, compared to who can't spread the message of Jesus' offer of freedom without the help of women like you. Would you consider making a contribution? Check out Compared to Who's Patreon page at patreon.com slash compared to who. Then prayerfully consider giving $1 or $5 a month, whatever you can to help. Any amount you'd be willing to donate would be a huge blessing and will go directly towards covering the operating expenses of this ministry. Thank you for being a part of seeing other women set free from the chains of body image and comparison. May God bless your generosity. Okay, friends, so if you are eating disordered, recovered, or in recovery, you probably know that eating disorders are a lot about control. And when we're in stressful situations like the one we're in now as a world, you can see your control issues flare. You may start to feel like you need to overly control your food intake again. You may feel like you want to control what your children are eating. (laughs) You may feel like stress eating and you've lost all control in the food department. Um, If you are borderline orthorexia, you may be going crazy because you can't get the organic and whole foods you need because 
the grocery stores might not have them in stock. So there's all kinds of different ways that these control issues can get to us more in stressful situations. Um, sometimes what we do is when we've lost stock control in the food department, we take that out into other things, like maybe you're obsessively cleaning your house or other things where you feel like you can control or have more control. And so friend, my encouragement to you on this front is to take this opportunity to remind yourself that only God is in control. You cannot do all the things and you cannot even attempt to be perfect. All you need is God's grace. And so my encouragement to you, friend, is to just stop If you see some of these tendencies starting to flare up, stop again, talk to someone. If you feel like you need to talk to someone, that's always a good thing. But stop, call them out, acknowledge what's happening, take it to the Lord, ask him to help you with it. And then just be diligent in calling out those behaviors when you see them and resting in him. And speaking of resting in him, this segues very nicely into my last point. We're going to quickly go, I think, as a culture from quarantine rest to hashtag quarantine goals. I've seen it already, and I know it's going to continue to happen the longer we are in quarantine. We are going to go from this is a wonderful time to play board games and do puzzles and and just rest and exercise as a form of rest to how can I get in shape? How can I lose all the weight while I'm in quarantine? How can I emerge from quarantine hotter than I was before I went into quarantine? How can I get this body in shape? How can I do all the things that I've always wanted to do in this time that I have home? And friend, Again, this kind of leads back to this is going to trigger some obsessive behaviors. This might trigger some obsessive thinking, some wrong thinking patterns, maybe thinking patterns about your body, about your body image that you've finally been starting to feel freedom from. Some of this stuff might come back with a vengeance because you are stressed and because the enemy's lies will be loud in this time of quarantine. So my encouragement to you, friend, is to keep feeding yourself the truth. You're going to have to be active in terms of combating the enemy's lies. So keep feeding yourself the truth, right? You can listen to this podcast. You can listen to other podcasts, read your word, read the Bible, like I mentioned before. And then there's one other way that I wanted to recommend if, if body image is your thing. And if this is starting to flare up again, because of quarantine, because of stress, I have something for you. So I was going to do our spring break free course. It's a 28 day course where we kind of work through a lot of the content that's in the book compared to who, but it's pretty much just a step-by-step of recognizing body image idols and my story and and really how to prepare your heart for summer because summer's coming, whether or not we're quarantined, <laughs> and, and hopefully we'll be able to go to the pool and the beach and all those things this summer. Um, and so summer's coming, and sometimes our hearts aren't ready for that, right? We see all the magazine stories that tell us to get your body ready for summer, but is your heart ready for the season when most of us wear less clothing and feel more exposed, more vulnerable, and maybe even more shame in the body arena. So I have this course, it's called Spring Break Free, and I was planning on charging for it, making it a paid course. Um, that would be some income for my ministry to cover costs that I have, like putting out this podcast and keeping my blog online, that kind of thing. But I've decided to make it free because we all have hashtag quarantine time, right? Um, so I made it free. And if you want to be a part of it, it's going to start 
April 1st. You can be a part of it by just going to compared to who.me backslash spring break free, or you can go to the, my website compared to who.me and go to the courses tab at the top and then find the spring break free course. And that'll tell you how to sign up, but sign up. It's going to be done through Facebook. Um, and you can take the spring break free course along with a community of women who are on the same mission as you are. They're looking for body image freedom. So you'll be able to connect with women there, find some friends, maybe find some accountability there. You'll be able to ask some questions there and you'll be able to go through the content of this course day by day through the month of April, which for all we know, we might all be quarantined for the month of April. So it would be a great thing for you to do every day. Again, not not a big time consumer. It might take you 10 minutes a day to get through it. There's going to be some questions to process. If you want to spend more time with it, you always can. Um, but I want to make you aware of that offer, that opportunity that I have for you to join me on that this April. And then also part of the Spring Break Free course will be going through my book's content. And so I wanted to let you know that my publisher has put my book on sale for super cheap so that you can get a copy of the book if you want the book to work along with the material. I think that would be a really helpful thing to do. There's a lot more questions in the book to help you really process things. But um, as you know, Amazon is only delivering essentials. So you can't get my book on Amazon right now. You won't have it for a couple of months. So my publisher, who will be hurt by this coronavirus, just like all other small businesses are, they can't get stuff out through Amazon. And so they have put their books on sale for cheap. So you will order directly from them. There's no shipping delays directly from them. And friends, when I was on there the other day, the book was like $7 or something like that. And then they have an extra discount code going on through April 15th. And it brought it down to like $5.25. Now they do charge you shipping. So that's going to take it back up to about 10 bucks, but it's worth it. And you're supporting a small business that needs your help in this time. And you'll get a great book if I have to say so myself, <laughs> but you'll get the book and you'll be able to go through the content of the book along with the course. And I think that'll be really helpful. So check that out. The links to that are all over my website. If you go to, um, there's a sidebar widget that has an ad for it and you can find it there or just go to the book tab and you'll find information about it there. That's all I have for you today. Thanks so much for listening. I pray that you and your family are well and that you're safe and I pray that you can make the most of this quarantine time in a way that will draw you closer to the Lord. And I also hope that this episode has given you some tips to help you stop comparing and start living. Thanks so much for listening. I'll catch you in the next episode. Bye-bye. Hey friend, would you check out the date on that episode you just listened to? Yeah, it's been a minute. Listening to old podcasts is almost like reading my diary from several years ago. In some cases, it's even a little embarrassing. So instead of listening straight through season by season, can I encourage you to skip ahead? I release brand new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. And if you're not sure where to start, you can go to improvebodyimage.com, find the start here button, and I've got several episodes listed and categorized so you can find the topics that are of most interest to you. Your time is valuable, so skip straight to the good stuff. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for letting me be a part of your body image and food freedom journey. I'm Don Hawkins, and I once heard Chick-fil-A founder Truett Cathy say, you can tell if a person needs encouragement, check to see if they're breathing. I'd like to invite you to my weekly podcast, Encouragement for You, featuring encouraging guests like Dr. Greg and Aaron Smalley, Dan Cathy, the late Dr. Frank Menrith, Josh McDowell, and more. 
To subscribe to my weekly Encouragement for You podcast, go to lifeaudio.com. That's lifeaudio.com.